welcome, welcome today. Worship team, thank you so much for leading us. You lead us so well each and every week. It is a privilege to worship God together, by the way. If you've ever just worshiped in your living room and it's just been you, you know the value of what we just did here together. Because when I worship, I do have a little bit of a party when I worship, but I'll tell you what, it's nothing like this. And I just, you know, for for everybody on the team, I want you to know that when I open my mouth to sing, what comes out isn't anything like what sounds like you all, but in my head, that's what's coming out. So that's another value of worshiping together. So I just say thank you, thank you, and thank you. We're in a series, I have questions and God has answers. So for each and every one of us, no matter what stage of life or faith we're at, we do have questions, and isn't it nice to know that God has answers? And today we're going to be looking at a question, where is God when it hurts? Where is God? Even to say that, where is God when it hurts? Um, I want to just start out and just, it's like, man, today's going to be potentially pretty heavy. So I want to start out just with a story that may add just a little bit of levity. I told you that we would introduce ourselves and get to know you a little bit better, Virginia and me. We both went to the U.S. Coast Guard Academy, and it is a service academy uh, like West Point, like Annapolis, an Air Force Academy. You go four years of college, and then you serve for five years afterwards. And so every summer, you don't go on vacation. You go on training. You go on patrols. And so my sophomore year, we were on patrol deep in the Caribbean, and we were on drug interdiction. And so we came upon a Colombian vessel, and we could see marijuana bales all over this vessel. So we needed, because it was flying a Colombian flag, we needed permission from the Colombian government to board and enforce laws and treaties. So we had to wait before we went aboard, and that waiting went all the way into the night. And so I came off watch, and I was sleeping in a 24-man birthing area, 24 guys together, three bunks or racks high, and the only way in and out of that space was through a 30-inch hatch. So you'd go up a ladder and out the hatch. Well, about 2 a.m. in the middle of our sleep, we heard, that is the collision alarm. So that means brace for shock. We're going to collide with something or something's going to collide with us. Bam! This just the, the biggest, it's like somebody who's caving in the wall. Just bam! And immediately, general quarters condition one, which was battle stations. And so everybody knows what comes next. 24 guys from a dead sleep to collision alarm to boom. We think there's a hole punched in our birthing area and one way out. So everybody can just rehearse for themselves. Remain calm. Everybody proceed in an orderly fashion toward the exit. Uh Uh-uh. All bets were off. It was every man for himself. And I do want to tell you, it was like A&E, and I'm not talking about arts and entertainment. 
headed toward that. And I'll tell you what, people grabbing at each other. I think I was walking on heads and just getting out to that space. And it's just, you feel really bad because you're like, sorry, sorry. I know this is not the way it's supposed to happen, but I'm getting through that hatch. And so it's a good thing that we were on the way to general quarters condition one because that meant we didn't have to hang out on the other side of that hatch. We got to go to battle station because if all of us hung out, we would have been, I am so embarrassed. I know we were supposed to remain calm. I may have lost my cool. And anyways, uh, the rest of the story there was we got to battle stations. Our commanding officer was ripped that this vessel, this 90-foot tramp freighter had rammed us, 327-foot ship, and almost punched a hole in us. So at GQ Condition 1, um, we lit this guy up with 20 millimeter, with 40 millimeter. It was nighttime, tracer rounds. It was this awesome sight. We took out their engine, and so immediately there was a fire on board, and so we went from general quarters to rescue and assist, so we had to go rescue them, and then we arrested them, and then we had sort of put a bunch of holes in their ship, so theirs was sinking, and so we had to recover whatever bales of marijuana floated to the top so that we could make our case in court, and I say this because all's well that ended well in there except The reason I tell you the story is that all of us know what to do in many, many circumstances, but a lot of times we just fail to do what we know how to do. We fail to do the right thing. We know the right thing, but we just fail to do the right thing. And so today on this topic of where is God when it hurts? A lot of us know the right thing to do in the circumstances that we're in, but we just find it difficult to do, or maybe in some cases we don't know exactly what to do. But I want to let you know in in planning for this message, I continue to be amazed at God's timing and what else is happening in the world I didn't know that this week we would, we would be praying personally for my nephew. He went in for surgery to have a colostomy reversed. And so when they got in there in the surgery, they just found out that the tissue was too far gone. They could not reverse this procedure. So I call him a kid because he's my nephew. A 38-year-old kid is just dealing with a lot of hardship in his life because that means that he's, he's going to wear a bag for his life. And then uh, where my youngest brother lives in the North Lake Tahoe region of California, all this last week, I mean, there have been hundreds of earthquakes, more than the news can even report on, rolling earthquakes all the way up to about 6.0, mid twos all the way up, and hundreds and hundreds of them, and it damaged roads, it damaged houses, It damaged personal property. So a lot of people where my youngest brother is are dealing with loss. And then very, very recently, a good friend of mine, good friend of ours from the Coast Guard Academy, he lost his battle with cancer. And it was a long fight. 
and we were all very, very hopeful. We lifted this guy up in prayer. He, he lost the battle. So he leaves a wife, a greater family, and his Coast Guard family experiencing loss. So here's the deal today. You came through the door, and I don't know what burden you carried, but every single person here is dealing with some kind of hardship and some kind of loss in their life. And they're asking the question, God, where are you? God, where are you when it hurts? And so today... We're going to look at that. We're going to go on to uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. But we're going to take a, a few stops along the way because I want to introduce just a logic flow to you just for a minute. And a logic flow is like an equation. And so things that happen and then what happens as a result of those things. So the progression is your pain, your path, and the difference. So let me explain from Matthew chapter 5. He, God, causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So God is sending blessing. The sun or sunshine represents blessing uh, on the evil and the good alike. Have you lived enough life to know that sometimes good things happen to bad people, sometimes bad things happen to good people, and vice versa? Because that's just a constant. And then on the other side of that equation, rain, hardship, pain, trouble, trials, those things fall on the righteous and on the unrighteous alike. So back to that logic flow that Here's, here's rule number one. You're going to experience pain because pain is a universal constant in all of our lives. Here's something that I wish. I wish it didn't take pain for me to grow, but I grow best when there's been pain or hardship. I wish that when things went well, that's when I grew the best but it's just not the way that it's worked out in my life. I'm not sure about yours. But we have our pain. And in that pain, we choose a path. We choose a path. Everybody chooses a path in their pain. And that leads us to the difference. And so part of what we'll talk about today is what is the potential difference at the end of that logic flow? Answering the question, where is God when it hurts? Well, this is our core verse here today in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Well, let me assure you, the very best thing that we can do for you each and every week is provide an opportunity to worship God, an opportunity for him to draw near to us as we draw near to him, and to open for you the word of God. 
because the word of God is God's communication with us. There's very important things that he says that he wants to make sure that we understand. And so there's, there's a discipline we call exegesis, and that is going into God's word, finding out what it says, and then draw our meaning directly out of what God's word has said. So I just want to set the stage here and just say the most important thing that I can do for you in this part of the service is open this word to you because it's a God word. It's an eternal word. It's a powerful, powerful word. And we need to receive this as it is. It is the word of almighty God to each and every one of us. So I want to break this verse down and just slow down on it because if we're not careful, we'll just, we'll just like write this down on a three by five card and we'll post it on the fridge and it'll have a nice spot right there on the fridge and we won't think too much more about it. We'll think that we understand it and probably worse than that is we will think that we're applying it. But a lot of times what we're really doing is we're kind of surfacing or we're hydroplaning over the top of God's promises instead of diving deep into the promises of God and allowing those promises to really come to where we live. And so what I want to do is just kind of break this down for you and, and break the verse down bit by bit and then we'll put it back together at the end here, but I just want to highlight a few features here of this verse. It starts out, then Jesus said. Well, then Jesus said. Well, that means in my Bible, those would be red letter words. Jesus said. And so it's just like, I don't know about you. It's like Jesus said, better pay attention. These are the important things that Jesus has said. I remember reading an author, Larry Lee, years and years ago, but I remember him saying this. He would say, read the red and pray for the power. Whoa. Read the red, read Jesus' words, and then pray for the power. Sometimes just the power to believe what God has said. But this opens up, it says, then Jesus said, verses 20 through 27 that came right before this, Jesus is talking to the crowds. There's people in the crowd who believed who he was. There's people in the crowd who had no idea who Jesus was. There were people who doubted who Jesus was. But the father had just said, listen, I have conferred all authority upon the son. So when the sun talks, you listen. And so that's where we start out here. Then Jesus said, then Jesus said, come to me, an invitation for us to come. When we're given an invitation, we're going to have to make a choice. And that choice is whether we respond to the invitation or not. Jesus said, come to me. So what's pending now that an invitation has been made is what will our response be? And Jesus said, come to me. Who's he talking to? All of you. He was talking to the people that were there on the hillside. Do you think he's also talking to us today? Is the word of God for us today? 
The answer to that is a definite, definite yes. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you, not just the favored of you, not just the religious class of you, all of you. That was revolutionary for the time this word was spoken. All of you who are weary. I'm not just talking about tired and needing a nap. Weariness, weary to the bone. So tired, you don't even know if you can go on and take the next step. Just weariness that's like a weight that you carry around. And Jesus is making an invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I don't know what your burden is. I just know that you carry a burden, that you carry weight from your circumstances, from how you were raised, from what's going on at work. You name the area. God and you know what this is. But if you're weary and you're carrying heavy burdens, Jesus is inviting you to something here. And he says, and I. So what's, what's the value of a promise? The value of a promise is who is making that promise to us. And here Jesus says, I. I, Jesus, what will he do? He will. We could go right by that. Jesus says he will. What do you think is going to happen? He will. That's different than somebody else making a promise. Jesus says, I will give you. He's going to give. Remember, we told you an invitation was made to give a gift. Now, a gift has a giver and a receiver. Both are necessary for the transaction to occur. I could have everything. I could have all. I could have a great inheritance for you. And I could say, here, Donnie, here's the inheritance. And you go, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to receive it. Or we could have somebody that's ready to receive a gift, but no, no giver. You need both sides of the equation for the transaction to be fulfilled. And Jesus is inviting us, all of us, the ones who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And Jesus says, I will give you. The final part of that is rest. Now, this rest is, we were talking about naps a little while ago. And it's just like, nope, more than just a nap even though naps are good, he will give us rest, deep soul rest, a supernatural rest, a peace that passes all understanding, a rest that just reaches through the circumstances, does not remove us from the circumstances necessarily, A lot of times he's going to give us this rest. Everything is still as it was. But a supernatural thing has taken place. And Jesus began to give us rest. Because he promises to give it. He is able to give it. And maybe he changes our perspective. 
Maybe he changes the circumstances a little bit. Maybe it's our heart that has begun to change because we trust that he is able to do all these things. So in answer to the question, where is God when it hurts? He is right there making an incredible invitation to you and to me to come to him. Because, yeah, we're weary. We carry heavy burdens. And he is going to give you rest. So what do we do? What do we do with this word And the thing is, each and every one of us are invited to come to him. Jesus, in my pain, I come to you. Remember the logic flow. This is us choosing the path that he makes available to us. Jesus, in my pain, I come to you. Jesus, in my pain, I give you the burden of my heart. Jesus, in my pain, I trust this situation to you. Previously, we thought that it was unsolvable. I want to let you know that last week I told you that my father had walked out on the family when I was 11 years old. And that left me with some deep, deep scars in my life. It left the family in poverty. So I was dealing with that, dealing with fatherlessness, dealing with a lot of shame in my life. But you know what? It took me 30 years to bring that pain to Jesus. When Jesus was ready to help with it all along. Here's the thing. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't think that this problem qualifies, but that one doesn't. This circumstance hits the level of asking for help, but this one doesn't. Jesus says, come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Jesus, in my pain, I come to you. Jesus, in my pain, I come to you. Now listen, the benefit of walking in this promise, most of the benefit is personal. It truly is. Most of the benefit is that you are going to receive blessing from God because you brought this to him. But I do want to let you know that there is a universal benefit across the body. There's a benefit for us as the local body of Christ, Four Points Church. And what is that benefit? You calling on Almighty God and you getting relief and release. You beginning to experience the peace 
and the rest that he offers. And then it happens over here and it happens over here and it happens over here. And the world begins to see, you know, there's a people that I know they're enduring the same things that we endure in life, but somehow there's a buoyancy. Somehow there is victory. Somehow there is a peace that passes understanding. And that is the church now able to be on mission because the individuals of the church are entering into the blessing to which God invites each and every one of us. He wants this for you. He wants this for us because he wants it for them. Them is the least, the lost, and the lonely. And we're on mission to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? God, we are praying. We want in every way possible in our pain to come to you. We don't want there to be any barriers between us. And we want to be people, Lord, who uh, receive benefit that you desire to give to us. We receive the gift that you give to us. And Lord, we do it for our benefit. And we do it for the benefit of the greater church family. And we do it for the benefit of those who are not yet in the kingdom by faith in Jesus. And we pray this in his powerful name. Amen. Christ is risen.